He's going to need some ointment. Hello, friends, and welcome in to this edition of Fusebox loquaciously entitled Wireside Chat. More about that in a bit. I'm your highly articulated but totally immovable host, Mark Rose, and over there, between the Soviet wire recorder and the speakers made from discarded oil drums, is the maestro of meters himself, Milk Canes, everybody. Well, thank you kindly. I, uh, I dig the title on this one, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, <laughs> it's definitely apropos, don't you think? I mean, uh, we're, we're going to be commencing to yank the hell out of a bunch of stuff in here in the studio uh, in a few days. Oh, cannot wait. Oh, oh, oh and I know, I know. You, you have a, a, a penchant, nay, an unhealthy obsession with uh, tearing uh, stuff up in here, I know. Nah, I just dig making room for the new stuff, that's all. Yeah, that's what you say. But seriously, haven't you just wanted sometimes to get down in there and make sure everything is as tidy as it can be? Well, I will say, after due consideration, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's an elephant-sized pang of sheer terror Imagining that uh, when it all goes back together, that uh, nothing talks to anything. It all lights up and then it just sits there blinking, waiting for a command that uh, never gets there. <laughs> Hell no, bro. We'll, we'll get her all up and singing in no time. I mean, it's not like you're rewiring the whole damn place, just the computer and the audio interface. Yeah, but and the monitors and the uh, the drive arrays and the uh, spider's nest of dongles and the Okay, okay. Yeah, you got a couple more gizmos in there, but trust me, it's a breeze. Why do I feel I've just been sold great seats on the Titanic? Hey now, don't go in with that headspace. Or you'll be like one of those self-fulfilling prophecy casualties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I guess. <laughs> Well, anyway, as you as you uh, may recall from our last show, friends, we're making some structural changes to the uh, studio here, and it uh, centers around the replacement of a uh, once remarkable workhorse of a machine, the 2008-2009 Mac Pro, the beloved cheese grater style thingy. Uh, this box has been amazing. I really yeah, it certainly was the last affordable Mac Pro that you could uh, customize. Well, yeah, with, w- without selling a body part, yeah. So, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be upgrading to the, uh, m- the Mac Studio, which was released on March 8th, and uh, it's a beast, for sure. Uh, and speaking of body parts, if uh, you really blew that Mac Studio thing out to the absolute maximum, it'd run you a cool eight grand. 
Yeah, but unless you're, say, you know, rendering the next installment of Dune in IMAX 3D, you're probably going to be just fine with the base model. But uh, with new stuff like this, there are always compatibility issues, and uh, I'm prepared for that, you know, with uh, with temporary workarounds for the stuff that uh, I use that might be in the seams, as they say, of compatibility. However... First world problems. No? Yeah, pretty much. But hey, it's tools you make a living with. So, there's that. Yeah. But, uh, you got bigger news than just gear upgrades. Well, I think it's safe to pop the aardvark out of the duffel bag, bro. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I know of, uh, what you refer to, Mr. Keynes. And yes, uh, it is significant news. Uh, Friends, as you may recall, if you've been uh, following this show over the uh, last few months... And if not, why not? For shame. Truly. For shame. No. As you might recall, uh, I had a uh, thoroughly delightful experience uh, to work on what was the... Actually, the first known adaptation of a hypertext novel into a radio play. Now, we're all over this thing on uh, past shows, so if you want to hear... Yeah, uh, check out Fusebox, numbers 185, 186, and 188, respectively. Yeah, so so if you want to hear about all that uh, process of stitching this thing together, go ahead and check those out. Um, so the chap I was working with on this, uh, John Barber, he of uh, Reimagined Radio submitted a proposal to what is known as the Electronic Literature Organization. And they have a conference every year in some exotic locale to showcase new electronic literature projects or uh, completed ones from that past year. And uh, they'd have, uh, you know, like panel discussions, uh, media displays, the usual things you might expect at these types of gatherings. Well, we just learned a couple of days back that we've been accepted to present at this event on May 30th in Lake Como, Italy. That is so cool, bro. Congrats, man. Well, thank you, Mr. Keynes. I'm um, cautiously optimistic that this will happen. <laughs> I say that only because of the numerous viri out there that uh, repeatedly has put a kibosh on travel and uh, even events like this. I mean, last year's event, like many events of this sort, was done virtually. Well, you know, I've I've seen reports that Italy has pretty much relaxed the restrictions over there. Now, in fact, uh, I don't think that they're requiring any kind of verification of vaccination anymore. Well, at least as of yesterday, they were still requiring a valid instant test um, affirming that you're Viri free in the last 48 hours, which that's fine by me, frankly, terrific. Of course, there's always a chance that you'll fall in with some artsy hippie crowd over there, and before you know it, you're living out of a van down by the ocean, drinking Campari out of dried out goat bladders. You know, that doesn't sound bad. <laughs> <laughs> So, we shall see, friends. If I do end up going, I'll uh, definitely attempt to make some remote recordings of uh, all the... uh, The consuming of uh, mass quantities of rigatoni. 
Well, probably not, but I'm sure there will be an uh, opportunity to sample some local cuisine over there. Hell, why don't you pop in and see George while you're there? Uh, George? Yeah, George Clooney has a place in uh, Lake Como. <laughs> Lucky George. Yeah, it must be pretty nice, too. Well, the, the, the pictures are pretty jaw-dropping. Um, I'll have a link in the show notes there about the place uh, if you want to take a look at it, at least where the conference is taking place. But uh, be that as it may, uh, we'll be back in a flash, friends, with some other interesting news regarding the uh, skill, or lack thereof, of transparency. That'll be fun. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. Thefusebox.com. Welcome back, friends. So we were uh, just chatting about travel and uh, events being sideswiped by this virai pandemic that uh, we've all been enduring for the last two years or so. And uh, quite coincidentally, a bit of a kerfuffle has ensued just recently. A kerfuffle, you say? I do say. A kerfuffle. Now... Was this the spotted kerfuffle or the great horned kerfuffle? This would be the pharmacological kerfuffle. Well, do tell. Yes. Well, in the UK, most probably the oldest medical journal in the known world, I'm not kidding, the British Medical Journal, or BMJ, as we in the know like to call it, they released a rather alarming report slash editorial, kind of, concerning the COVID-19 vaccine data. Uh-oh. So they did find alien squid larvae in the vaccine. Oh, no. No, no, Mr. Keynes. Uh, that's fine. The vaccine's all just fabulously fine. Their report doesn't even focus as much on the uh, company or companies that made the vaccines as much as it does on the... <laughs> FDA itself. The Food and Drug Administration? You mean our FDA? Yeah, ours, indeed. All right, so here's the deal. Pfizer, the maker of uh, one of the more known uh, vaccines, wanted to release their efficacy reports concerning their vaccine and uh, go ahead and make them public so that there truly was a uh, transparency there. They, to my knowledge, were not pressured into releasing this data. They just appeared to be wanting to get ahead of any issues that might... Uh, will. <laughs> right. Or might will uh, occur later. Well, regardless of their motivations, which I'm sure are mixed, what was the snag? The snag, Mr. Keynes, was from our own FDA, who respectfully suggested that they uh, hold off on making that report public for just a wee bit longer. A wee bit longer? I mean, what are we talking about here? Five months? A, a year? Two years? Seventy-five years, Mr. Keynes. Seventy-five years? Well, everybody would be... That's right. Most likely, most of the affected will have moved on to the next great adventure on another dimensional plane. They'd be dead. In a word, yes. What the fuck? Fair question, Mr. Keynes. Well, so did they get... Well, yeah, yeah. Pfizer did release the info in spite of this. And, uh... Holy carp. 
Yeah, it, it, and it, it's likely this would have been one of those situations where we would have heard nothing and been none the wiser, you know, seriously. But uh, the BMJ thought this news was probably worth mentioning. Nope, nothing to see here, folks. Just please move along. Well, you know, we just don't know. I, I, I suspect, though, 75 years is a little severe in terms of sealing documents. Well, it's kind of like the thing they do, you know, over matters of uh, national security. Or assassinations. Eh, eh, that too. Funnily enough, there's probably much more intrigue in the suggestion to withhold the release of the reports than there actually is in the data itself. Well, it makes me curious. Well, I think as far as the data is concerned, uh, we'll be hearing opinions <laughs> about that soon enough. Or... It's 75 years. Yes, and uh, speaking of things in the sunshine and not obscured by vague and potentially damning circumstances, that uh, place down there, in that area, down there, I gotta say, we're gonna break with tradition here a little bit. This place has actually started a movement to something that I completely and 100% support. No! Tell me it ain't so. Are they electing a pangolin as governor? Well, that would be so much better than what critter is in there at the present time. But no, no, what, uh, what they have done, and uh, most, if not all, of the Pacific Northwest has been uh, making noise about this for years, the Senate has unanimously passed legislation that would make daylight saving time permanent. Unanimously, you say? Yeah, yeah. The uh, legislation, titled the Sunshine Protection Act, was introduced by, get this, Republican Florida Senator Marco Rubio in 2021. And it uh, picked up support from Democrats, such as Democratic Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. So this looks like the only thing they can all agree on. Stop fucking with the clocks. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. I've said for years, I don't care. Which way you go with the clock hands, okay? Springing forward or falling backward. Just pick one and leave it there. We just did that uh, change a bit ago because uh, isn't it from like Sunday, March 14th to Sunday, November 7th? <laughs> did you just look that up? Hey, stop pulling the damn curtain back. I'm working here. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, the uh, Sunshine Protection Act will now head uh, to the House of Representatives, where uh, there is a companion bill introduced by Florida Republican, yes, another one, Representative Vern Buchanan. Buchanan called on Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi to bring it to the House floor for a vote. Old Vern says, There are enormous health and economic benefits to making daylight saving time permanent. Florida and 17 other states have already moved to adopt daylight saving time year-round, but cannot do so without congressional approval. And uh, we're one of those 17, I know. Yes, yes we are. Been waiting on this thing to uh, get to Congress for a long, long time. Uh, Representative Buchanan continued there and said, uh, it's time to end the antiquated practice of changing our clocks twice a year which is why I'm leading a letter to Speaker Pelosi calling for immediate consideration of my bill with Senator Rubio. 
the Sunshine Protection Act. Well, I've uh, read news items throughout the years that that uh, clock change thing is actually deadly. An increase in heart attacks and pedestrian accidents and a bunch of things happening just after the switch is made. Yeah, yeah, and uh, actually, to your point, Mr. Keynes, uh, uh, Representative Rubio stated the benefits of daylight saving time have uh, also been accounted for in the research. For example, reduced crime as there's light later in the day. We've seen decreases in child obesity, a decrease in seasonal depression that uh, many feel during uh, standard time. And then uh, Senator Whitehouse called on Congress to uh, pass the legislation, saying it's time for Congress to take up our bipartisan legislation to make daylight saving time permanent and brighten the coldest months with an extra hour of afternoon sun. Well, I can't argue with that. No, sir. I can't either. And it's just one less inane artifact that uh, we have to deal with. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I always seem to foreshadow the uh, time changes with my sleep patterns. I mean, I, I start getting up earlier when that clock thing is about to spring ahead. And then in the fall, I seem to be a little less inclined to get up earlier. Well, it's all pretty much the same to me. More dark, more light. Hell, just leave it parked somewhere. I'll deal with it. Yeah, then you got, of course, places like Arizona that said, nope. Take your clock and shove it. I don't, I don't think they've been on daylight saving time for, what, decades now? Doesn't seem to have affected them much uh, at all, except for that fanatical devotion to the big lie and the orange guy for a spell there. Well, there was that. Yeah, and uh, just to uh, be fair and balanced in our segment, there's this thing. Dateline! Miami! Miami-Dade Animal Services is urging dog owners to keep a watch on their pets out in public as a new highly contagious disease spreads across South Florida. Another one? Oh, yes. Always. It's called Canine Infectious Respiratory Disease Complex, or CERDIC. CERDIC? <laughs> if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Maria Serrano, a veterinarian at Animal Services, says canine infectious respiratory disease complex is like a canine flu or canine cold. It's multiple viruses that affect the respiratory tract and causes respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, and uh, hacking. Animal Services said there have been many cases of CERDIC reported throughout South Florida. They urge dog owners to uh, help protect their pets by keeping them current on <laughs> routine vaccines and away from places with multiple dogs. Stay away from places that have dogs conglomerating. So dog parks, groomers, just anywhere where there's a lot of dogs together. Also, avoid nose-to-nose -nose contact between dogs. Well, that'll be a good trick. Kind of like getting folks down there to wear masks. You know what, though? It might have been an easier task to get their dogs to wear masks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> the virus is spread by uh, direct contact with an infected dog. Big surprise. And by uh, contact with people who have been exposed to this very virus. This sounding familiar to anyone? The virus can be carried on people's clothing, hands, and uh, on items such as food, water bowls, collars, leashes, toys, and bedding. However, 
it is easily killed by most disinfectants. Hand washing with soap and water, normal laundering of clothing, and washing bowls and toys with soap and water. And uh, using horse dewormer, drinking bleach, and sitting under a heat lamp while watching Newsmax. <laughs> Dr. Serrano said the virus passes through droplets in the air and is highly contagious. She said dog owners should treat it like COVID. Keep a safe distance from other dogs because it has the potential to be dangerous. Oh, forget it then. These pooches are toast. I'll tell you right now, medical science ain't gonna tell me how to save the life of my dog. I want the government to stay the hell out of my kennel. Well, you know, and she warns that uh, it can progress to something more serious like uh, pneumonia or fever or lethargy and uh, not, as much as not eating. So if your dog starts to present with uh, any of those symptoms, get to your vet because uh, there is a treatment. The pooch there can be put on a regimen of uh, antibiotics. The uh, incubation period is about three to ten days. So if infected, uh, it can last uh, up to two weeks or even a month. Well, and they better cancel all those dog cruises that are all the rage right now. Or not. Not surprisingly, friends, uh, there's been some resistance to this idea. I'm sure due to all the recent vaccine fallout and hysteria around remedies and such, you know, folks appear to be a tad burned out. However, Fido there needs a shot at not dying from this crazy thing. Puns fully intended. You get my point? I'm stuck to disagree. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, humans and cats can't catch the virus in case there was any fear of that. Dateline, North Palm Beach. Authorities said Shane Anthony Mellet of Riviera Beach confessed that he stole rare coins and other items valued at $350,000 from Michael Johnson's North Palm Beach office. Johnson, who said he's disabled and mostly not working, said Mellet wiped him out of his life savings. I was using those coins to help stay alive, he said. There's no insurance that covers this kind of thing, really. Not at the losses we're talking about. It's put me in a world of hurt. Malay reportedly said he sold some of the coins, then ran many through change machines where he got just face value. That means if he dropped in the 33 presidential coins valued at $1,000 each, he got about $29.30 in return. Oh, brilliant. Get that guy a gig in the government accounting office right away. Dateline! Lakeland! So are you feeling peckish? Well, uh, this guy evidently was. This as-yet-unidentified thief stole a foot-long sub from a gas station in the city of Lakeland. He then proceeded to hide the entire sandwich down the front of his pants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even I'm not going there. <laughs> <laughs> the Polk County Sheriff's Office released CCTV images of the foot-long fan in a bid to identify him. A post on the office's Facebook page explained that the theft occurred at around 8.45 p.m. before the suspect 
escaped on a bike. Just picture that for a second, will you? <laughs> the images posted on the Facebook page shows a white male wearing beige pants, a blue sweatshirt, and a white backward-facing cap. He can be seen clearly tucking the sandwich into his waistband while keeping his eyes forward, presumably on a cashier or other member of the staff. A sandwich thief walks among us, the Facebook appeal explained, describing the audacious heist as a subcrime. Why? And at last, but certainly at the end, is this. Dateline, Lehigh Acres. A man with a blood alcohol level of 0.241, which is uh, three times the legal limit, was arrested after crashing a riding lawnmower into a police cruiser. Safety first, buckaroo. 68-year-old Gary Wayne Anderson faces DUI charges after causing minor damage to the bumper of the vehicle. The Florida man told deputies he didn't cause any damage and that he was drunk. He was also unable to perform field sobriety tests and accused the police of poisoning him. No, I'm pretty sure you had a hand in that one yourself. (laughs) According to police, Anderson's driver's license has been suspended since March 1978. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Yes, friends, it's things like this that have us asking, nay, pleading, for a deeper understanding of the mysteries of the ages, why we seemingly eternally ask the mildewed by now question What the fuck, Florida? You know, folks down there just seem to have a penchant for asshattery. Did you just say penchant? Yeah. Is that a crime or something? No, it's just it's not a word that I would... Okay, okay, look, man. I'm reading the story of O again. Okay. (laughs) What's that make it? Six times now? Eleven. But it's a great read, bro. I love it. (laughs) And with that... Salacious inference, friends. Uh, We'll grab up our frayed cables and rusted phone plugs and stinky solder post connections and cross-thread ourselves back into the moldy patch bay from which we came, but not before thanking our contributor to this edition of Fusebox, Sabra May, for a splendid and articulate ID-ification. Thanks as well to the hardwired deacon of dials, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and so forth and so on. Pleasure as always. Oh, and folks, if you're listening to this as a podcast, uh, hell, even if you're not, head on over to wherever you get your podcast du jour and uh, subscribe to this here show. Maybe even give us a seven out of five star rating. That's always cool, too. It certainly does. Or would they? Seven out of three dead South American presidents agree. Fusebox is high-quality ear food. And so good for you, too. I have been your entangled in the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Cartoon.